the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the blessed month of Misra. And Misra is the last month in the Coptic year. And so at the end of the year, the church placed a special emphasis on repentance, on judgment, on stewardship. And we will see these themes throughout the readings of the following Sundays. Today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 9, which is a parable about the wicked tenants, the wicked vine dressers. And in the parable, a man, he planted a vineyard, leased it to his tenant farmers, and went to a far country. And the owner of the vineyard sent servants to the the vineyard so he could have some fruit from the vineyard. And the wicked tenants, they beat them. And this happened three times. Then the owner sent his beloved son. The owner thought they would respect his son. But they didn't just beat him, they murdered him. They murdered the son. And in this parable, you know, the parable has a meaning. The parable, the man who planted the vineyard is God, the Father. The servants that the owner sent are the the prophets. The son represents our Lord Jesus Christ. The wicked tenants, you mean... The wicked servants can be the scribes, the Pharisees, the nation of Israel who rejected the Son, who rejected Christ. But in our context, we can be the wicked tenants as well. We can be the wicked tenants if we do not do the will of God. When we rebel against God, and this parable... I think is like an image of the whole story of the Bible. What is the whole story of the Bible? If I were to summarize the Bible in one sentence, or maybe two phrases, short phrases, it would be that God loved man, one sentence, that's one, God loved man, and man rebelled against God, that Bible from the beginning to the end. God keeps loving man, keeps trying to save man, sending servants to man. Work in my vineyard. You'll love this place. This will be wondered. This is a garden. It's a beautiful garden. And then man rebels against God because man wants to do fadimago. He wants to do his own thing. God loved Adam, Adam rebelled against God. God loved Cain, Cain rebelled against God. God loved the nation of Israel, they rebelled against God. God loves me, yet I rebel against God. I know what I should be doing, I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it, I'm rebelling against God because we are a rebellious creature and that's why I want to talk to you about some of the causes of our rebellion today we don't want to be after today we don't want to be like 
الوكد ستوردز دول وي وونت تو بي دوينج ذا ويل اوف جاد وي وونت تو بي سبمسيف تو جاد وي ار نوت جوينج تو ريبيل اجينست يو جاد وي ويل سبمت تو يو جاد ذا فيرست كوز اوف ريبيليون از ذات وي فورجيت جاد از واتشينج اس وي فورجيت ذات جاد از نير اس It is as if, as it mentioned in the parable, the owner of the vineyard, he went to, he went to a far country for a long time. It says, he went to a far country for a long time. And sometimes we feel that God is absent from our life. So, and sometimes... We feel like we are on our own. And sometimes we feel we are by ourselves. But we are like never on our own. We are never by ourselves. God is always present. But God is not like an overprotective like helicopter parent hovering over his children. He's not like a micromanaging boss whose presence like strangles his like employees god allows us to to breathe his presence doesn't like asphyxiate us his presence actually like exhilarates us and that's why in this parable and in many other passages of scripture it speaks about god being away for example in the third watch in the midnight hour the lord said you yourselves be like men who wait for their master and later in the gospel it says but if that servant says in his heart my master is delaying his coming the idea there's an idea present that the master is not present there's there's an idea that god is not here he's not watching us so we can do what we want and that's why it says that they started to drink and beat the servants and do all the stuff that they wanted to do but this is not true that is rebellion actually saint john chrysostom said the meaning of going into a far country when it said going into a far country it said that saint john says it means he did not always keep a close account of their sins he didn't keep a close account of their sins saint john chrysostom says when he goes into a far country it means that god had great patience with israel That's what it means to be in a far country. God is patient, he is not absent. And if man remembered, this is the key for us. If man remembered that all his actions, all of his words are accountable before God and before the saints, I think we would be different. I think we would be different. Yani, when we see the policeman on the side of the road, what do we do? you hit the brakes you better slow down his presence the presence of the police officer reminds us that lazam nahdi shwaya yeah and everybody knows that when you exit uh, maybe the minnesota people don't know you know when you exit off the freeway here there's a red light camera and if you didn't stop at that red light camera had got a nice ticket yeah i'm serious and everybody here knows but since you didn't know so but everybody knows that that camera is always 
watching. So Anna, I always stop at that light in 10 seconds before I turn because we know that the camera is watching. So because you know someone is, the, the camera is watching into Tibu, straight, kidda, to follow the commands. But when you forget that there's no one watching into and if I know there's no camera, you know? So, the question I want to ask you, and each one should ask themselves, how would my life be different if I were continually living in the presence of God? If I were continually living in the presence of God. That's why St. Paul says, we are surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. There's a cloud of witnesses. Always remember that the saints are present. Remember that the Lord Jesus Christ is present. St. Mary is present. Would I speak this way if St. Mary was Yani Adam? Would I watch this thing if Jesus Christ is with me? Would I speak this way? Would I do this if Jesus Christ was with me? If you remember that Christ is present, you won't rebel. But when you forget, that's when the rebellion starts. Oh, my boss isn't here. Uh, I'm sleep. I'm going to do whatever we want. Yeah? The second way we rebel against God is when we fail to listen to correction. In the parable today, the owner sent his servant three times to the wicked tenants. And we said the servants are the, the prophets. But the tenants, they beat the servants. Just as Israel beat and persecute the prophets. That's why in Matthew 23, you know in Matthew 23, our Lord Jesus Christ, He goes off on the Pharisees and the scribes and the Pharisees and says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. One of the times He went off on them, He said, Because you build the tombs of the prophets and adore the monuments of the righteous and say, If we had lived in the days of our Father, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who, who murdered the prophets. Why did they murder the prophets? Why did they rebel against the prophets? Prophets fihum. Huh? Why do they rebel against the prophets? They rebelled against the prophets. Because the prophets would speak out and say, you guys are living wrong. You guys are in sin. And nobody wants to be told they are wrong. So the people rebel. St. John the Baptist, why was he killed? He told Herod, you shall, it's not lawful for you to have her. The king, he wanted her. So, see you later, St. John. From that's the la- like the last of the prophets. This is the history of mankind. Rebellion is always the result of a conflict of will. And even our Lord Jesus Christ said this about himself in John seven seven, so you can remember the verse of John seven seven. He says, The world hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. The world hates me because I testify that its works are evil. And in the rebellious heart, the desire of evil, like evil that, sin breeds more sin. Like sin is like a cancer. 
And God is sending us healing to this cancer by sending us correction, by sending us the prophets. He is sending us healing. He is sending us comfort through the Word of God. The Lord is trying to bring us to repentance. Some will listen to this call for repentance. Some will rebel. That's why the sower, he cast seed into many ground. Sometimes the seed fell into the good ground and they listened and the seed bore more fruit. And sometimes the seed fell on dry land and nothing. No response. The lesson here for us is to accept correction. To admit our faults. Oftentimes when we are accused of something, the immediate reaction is to defend ourselves. And that's why I love David. We're going to talk about David a lot today. When Nathan told him, you are that man. David could have brought out his sword. And David was like military man. And he could have just added Nathan to his body count. And like, done. And then the people that knew about this sin that he did could have went from one to zero no one knows anymore and he could have just killed but what did David say I have sinned I have sinned this phrase is an amazing phrase I have to say it I have I have sinned. These are the key words to say. This is the end of rebellion. When you say, I have sinned, this is the end of rebellion. Because you know sin is rebellion against God. And so sin is warring against God. That's why confession da is like a mystery, such a great mystery. Because when you say, I have sinned in the sacrament of confession, it's as if saying, I am done with this rebellion. I don't want to be in rebellion anymore. When we confess our sins, it's as if we are putting down the weapons. weapons, like sin of weapons of sin. And when you say, I have sinned, you put down the weapons, say, I, I submit to you, I put down the, like I surrender, I submit to the will of God. So, that's the second source of rebellion, is not listening to correction, not admitting sin. Yeah? The third source of rebellion is... Oh, maybe one more addition on that last part, sorry, because this part's good. Is that sometimes I don't listen to correction is because of laziness. Of laziness. And when you read in the Gospel of St. Matthew, this parable in the Gospel of St. Matthew, it says there was a certain landowner who planted vineyard and hedged it around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower. Who did all of that? Who did all of that? God did everything. And then he leased it to the vine dresser. So, Awa to be like in rebellion with God because of our laziness. Our laziness. And sometimes we don't admit we've sinned because of our laziness. We need to remember that God did everything and he leased it to the vine dresser. 
The third reason we are in rebellion, sorry, the third reason we are in rebellion is sometimes I feel we are not making an effort. We are not making an effort. God is making every effort to correct us. But we are not making an effort to correct ourselves. Because sometimes we feel like we have nothing to to correct. Like, um, I like in the, the gospel today, it said, what shall I do? The, like the owner was saying, what shall I do? And when St. John was speaking about this, he said, the owner said this because it was as if the owner was saying, I have done everything to get these people to repent, but they are not doing it. So, I feel that sometimes we see how the world is living, and we are okay to live the way they live. We have become okay living in a state that is not okay. And at the same time, we think we are okay. This was the problem that the Pharisees had. They thought they were righteous. They thought they were good, but they were not righteous. And they didn't want to become more righteous. They were just okay. So that, that's like rebellion against God. And I feel like we can be like that. We can be tenants. We are the tenants. We are members of the Coptic Orthodox Church. We are servants of the church. And we are the servants of the vineyard. But we can be disobedient to the word of God just like the tenants were. Yanni, your attendance is great and very important. But is, what is equally important is, are you doing the will of God? And not rebelling against the word of God as the wicked servants were. So today is the, a reminder for ourselves to be critical of ourselves. Like each one should be critical of ourselves. Not in a deprecating way, but in an edifying way to grow. You know, the parable is about vineyards. And in the vineyards, every vine needs to be pruned. Do you guys know what pruning is? What is pruning? Huh? Pruning is when you remove the... You selectively remove the bad branches from the tree. And the goal is when you remove the bad branches of the tree, this will... Improve the, the tree structure and it will lead to more fruit. That's why our Lord said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may give more fruit. The question I have for you as servants, are you being pruned? Are you... Letting the word of God into your heart to cut out what is not useful. I have a lot of things in my life and those things are not useful. They're useless branches. Those useless branches need to be pruned, to be cut out so that you can become more productive. Each one to look at their life and say, oh, I can prune out watching or whatever I can prune listening to this I can prune gossiping I can prune this this is now you can become more fruitful without this you will be like not a good servant yeah you need to be always growing always growing in your spiritual life the third another cause of rebellion the third cause of rebellion is greed 
The wicked vine dressers said in the gospel, they said, This is the heir, come let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. They were greedy. And when we become self-interested, when we start to put ourselves before others, we are rebelling against God. And I was traveling this week and I met a lot of people in many different places. And one thing that was very common in all the people that I met is that, like one thing that I feel is plaguing society, is that now society values my pleasure, my comfort, my ambition, money, over everything else. So I would be willing to step on anyone. I would be willing to sell anything. I would be willing to do anything for a little bit of pleasure and a little bit of money. And I feel this, like all morals, integrity, now, whatever you can do for just a dollar or for some a little bit of pleasure, okay, mashi. And now society, everyone's eating each other just for a little bit of... Yeah, I mean, like, and I feel very sorry for you know, people like, so in their greed, they'd be willing to do anything for just one dollar or a few dollars. And greed uh, is so destructive. This is a big cause of, like, the rebellion. I was thinking about, like, Naboth. You guys know about Naboth? Naboth, he had a vineyard and a garden, and Ahab watered his vineyard. And so, he killed him for his vineyard. You're a king. You have all the vineyards. Like, you are, you're a king. You have everything. Why are you killing this man for his vineyard? Is greed. Greed, that is a machine. David, we were talking about David. David, that, you know how many wives David had? Too many. You only need one. He had seven wives. And, you know, he took one more. Why, David? Why? Because you're greedy. And that's why when Nathan said, there was a rich man and he had tons of lambs and children, and there was a poor man, he had just one little lamb. And you came and took it. David said, that man shall surely die. Huh? And so you're that greedy man. Greed, that is the biggest source of rebellion. When we start to be self-interested, put my desires first, this is like rebellion against, against God. Most of the wars of the world from greed. Most of the conflicts and problems of the world from, from greed. Don't let greed get you like in rebellion with, with God. The last thing about rebellion with God is that I think we rebel against God when we forget there is judgment and there are consequences. That's why in the gospel today it said, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to another person. You don't want to be a good steward, you don't want to be, you want to stay wicked, you want to do this stuff, it's okay. I'm going to take the vineyard and give it to someone else. There is consequences for it. There will be judgment day. And the Lord was saying this to get them to to change, to repent. He said, whoever falls on that stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. The stone is a stone. Whoever hits it, he's broken. If the stone falls on you, 
is broken If you don't have this idea of judgment Or that I will be held accountable This is rebellion If you keep this in your mind You will live a very, very wonderful life That's why I love what Steve Covey said In his book, The Seven Habits He said, rules You can't break rules You guys know the rest of it? You don't break rules You break yourself against the rule a rule does an idea, you can't break it But when you break the rule, you're actually breaking yourself So, the commandments that God has given, they're not for Like, to break, they're for you to live properly For you to live happily, to have life more abundantly That's why the... the the four causes that we that we met, talked about today of rebellion is that we forget God is watching us. We forget that God is near us. Another way rebel against God is we fail to listen to correction. The third cause of rebellion is greed. The fourth cause of rebellion is when we forget about judgment and... The consequences. That's why I feel the church every night, if you read the twelfth hour and the midnight hour, all of them about like judgment, consequences, to get us to like repent each and every day. And glory be to God forever. Amen.